today we have a very exciting interview. We're so excited! We are interviewing CJ Redwine, who you may know as the author, best-selling author, of The Shadow Queen and The Wish Granter. And the upcoming The Traitor Prince. Yes, and she also has the Defiant series, which we've only heard great things about, oh and CJ talks a little bit about. Mm-hmm. So we... Oh my gosh, we're so excited about this one. This author, I will, I must say, of course, you know, we, we might be biased because we just talked to her, but she is phenomenal. Yeah. She is inspiring. She is committed to her work and her work ethic. Mm-hmm. She just, she makes me want to be a better person. She has quotes for days. Quotes for days. And I am there for it. Mm. I need everything that she said on a shirt. It'd be a yes. very long shirt, but... It would be necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, so please enjoy our interview with CJ Redwine. Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Hello. Hey, there you are. Hi. <laughs> Yay! Perfect. And you know it's sad when I get an email from you guys saying we have a producer on hand. <laughs> How bad you are with technology, but yeah. I'm right? the worst. So more yeah, power I mean, to you. One time I broke a laptop by walking into the room. My brother-in-law repairs laptops, and he was just like, "This was working. It's been working for two weeks. Get out of the house. You brought your purse with you." <laughs> That sounds like something that we would do, which is why I'm glad that we have a, a tech person on yeah. the team <laughs> yes. to set everything up. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. You are our first author that we've interviewed for 2018. <gasps> I I feel like I should have worn like a tiara or something for <laughs> yeah. that. I'm yes, please. Without one. <laughs> not to, yeah, not to mention you're a best-selling author, so it's like... Ah, fame. <laughs> well, this is my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Um, so to begin, we just want to kind of get to know you a little bit better and sure. how you um, kind of come up with your storytelling process. What's okay. that like for you? Um, it's it's kind of like organized chaos. Okay. <laughs> so I have um, anywhere between like 10, 12 ideas sort of building in my head at any given time. Sometimes they only take maybe a few weeks. Sometimes it takes years just kind of depends on the story and how things come together. I'll hear some music or I'll see an old abandoned building as I drive by or, you know, just think to myself, oh, what if that happened? And then all of a sudden something sparks my interest and a story starts building. And when it comes to fruition kind of depends on how many other things click into place. But um, once I have something that I think, okay, now I have something, I have a story, I have a conflict, I have characters that are interesting and lots of things that can go wrong. And I like to do life or death stakes and I've got something there. Then I will sit down and I'll write a synopsis and it's about 7,000 words, maybe 8,000 words. It's a beast, but basically it's mostly backstory, history, characters, you know, what are their wounds? What are their fears? Why are they where they are? Why do they want what they want? And then I'll just do some of the big highlights. So I know I shoot for the ending. I don't know everything that's going to happen or I'd be really bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's done. Like why, why even write it? I already know. But then, yeah. And then I just sit down and write it or I sell it first and then write it kind of depending on, you know, what genre it is. And, um, and then after I write it, I turn in a draft that is probably like 50% trash <laughs> and 50% good. 
good, sometimes less than 50% good, just depends. And then oh I rewrite it a few times. Um, my editor and I work really closely together. We have, we've been working since 2011 together and we, um, we're a good team. And so she'll send me like 12 pages of these are the things I'm like, I know, Lord, I know, I know. But there was that one good scene. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that scene right in the middle? I'm keeping that. What does that do for your self-esteem? I mean, like getting all that feedback back and it's like, this is personal to me. What does that do for you? Actually, it really, like I enjoy edits. It's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I really see that as a collaborative process because your first draft is never your best. It's just you sort of feeling your way through the story to try to get the shape of it and to try to figure out, do you actually know the characters and un- uncover things? It's like an archaeologist. You're uncovering the skeleton. And then once you have the skeleton, you actually have to piece it together and then you have to put meat on the bones. And that's what edits is. So for me, when I get that, the first few times, like I'd argue in my head, I'd read it. I'd be like, oh, really? Well, <laughs> okay. Y'all don't know. I guess you didn't realize what you were reading, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I get really mad a couple of times. Like, no, I'm not going to change that. And then an hour later, I was like, dang it, I am going to change that. <laughs> right. Absolutely right. Um, so now I will send the draft and I'll be like, and these are the 20 things that I know need fixing. What else? Mm-hmm. This is just part of the process. Mm-hmm. And when you do edits and you do revisions, then you actually, you discover what the story was meant to be and you bring it fully to life. I I love the analogy that you did with the archaeology. That is something that we haven't heard before and that makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. for the storytelling process. So once you get the storytelling down and everything is uh, coming to life and your book makes it to the bestseller list, what is the thing that you do when you realize that your book is on the bestsellers list. Do you like dance around or do you just eat a nice dinner or do cartwheels to the living room? <laughs> oh, no cartwheels. No cartwheels. That would be, I would end up in Me too. I, I would, or at least, yeah, you know, I could have flipped through a wall. Sure. But um, I mean, the first time I, I cried because I'd been working for that for so long and it was just, it was incredible to get that phone call. Um, and then we went out to a hibachi grill, one of my favorite things to do as a family. We celebrated. And then I uh, sat down the next day and got back to wow. work on the next project. That is so, an amazing, like, yeah. <laughs> you have great work ethic. <laughs> I could not do that. I'd be, like, on the couch for a few days just <laughs> soaking it in. <laughs> Somebody feed me some grapes, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd be like, I'm here. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a really hectic life. I know a lot of us do, but I have to manage uh, five kids and I homeschool a couple of them. And I have uh, a business that I run online. We run yabookcentral.com, which is one of the largest uh, kidlet and YA review sites. So I run a staff of 40 there and then I have deadlines. Yeah. I get to celebrate for like an hour and then I'm just like, yay, I should have worn a tiara the next day too. That This is revealing to me that I have a lack of TRs in my office <laughs> and I should address that. <laughs> Definitely need to address that. That can be one of the one of the things on your uh, 20 things that are, are not yes. going. Exactly. <laughs> and I think Gal Gadot should move over because we have a new Wonder Woman in town here. Oh my goodness. If I could even like stand in her shadow, right? I would just be blessed. Yes. She's amazing. Oh, wow. I know that you're super busy. Were you ever a procrastinator or was that never a thing that you did? Yeah. I mean, I think for sure, before I had deadlines, I sort of, I feel like writing today. So I shall write a scene. And then (laughs) I would get to the end of the scene and be like, I don't know what happens next. So I get three weeks off to think about what happens next and then play around with these other things. But when I started to get serious about pursuing publication, that was no longer an option uh, Mm -hmm. because my schedule was so busy. And at the time when I, when I first signed a contract, I had four children 
Um, one was an infant that we had just brought home from China. So it was a big adjustment for her and for us. Wow. And then my children, wow. um, two, two of the boys were homeschooled. One was in regular school. And at the time I was working 30 hours a week out of house. Oh, wow. I arranged my schedule so that I had Wednesdays off and Saturday mornings off. And I would go to the bookstore, local bookstore here and just sit down and write. And like, it was business because I didn't have mm -hmm. any other time. So I would do 6,000 words a day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do 6,000 words a day. And when you don't know what happens next, you just keep writing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, so this happens. You can go back and fix that later. And so, yeah, so I think that that really had to go by the wayside because I wanted this to be my job. And so you have to treat it like a job. And sure, there's, yeah. there's still going to be days where I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, and everybody blows up and they die, you know? Um, <laughs> when you do that on page five, people are like, that was a great book. That was really important. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Oh, wow. Have you written a lot of books that you start and then never finish? Is that a part of your process as well? Not anymore. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't write a book if I'm not going to finish it and try to sell it. Um, I used to, you know, that was part of starting to, I mean, I've been writing since I was eight, writing stories since I was eight. And from teenage years on, you know, the beginning would be this really shiny thing. I'm going to do this thing. Um, I, I remember filling spiral notebooks. I'm old, y'all. I did not have a computer. Like we had a typewriter. So I would fill spiral notebooks and I would get to the point where I was maybe five chapters in and get bored with the story or it got hard. Putting together a fantasy story, a hundred thousand words, there's a lot, it's a yeah. lot that you have to do in yeah. there. And you really have um, a lot of pieces and I just didn't know how to work within those pieces yet. Mm -hmm. So, so there were a lot of starts and stops and starts and stops. When I finally got serious was when I was 30. And we had just moved to Tennessee from California and I was blindsided by a cancer diagnosis. So mm. I you know, had surgery and everything. And um, when they told me that I was in remission, I sat there and I thought, okay, what am I doing? Like I, all I ever wanted to do was be a writer mm. and I wanted to be a mom, a wife and a writer. And I keep putting writing off because I keep thinking, I'm just going to wait for my life to slow down. I listened at the time. I only had three kids. I didn't know what was coming for me. <laughs> so oh, I was wow. like, I'm busy now. Oh, young CJ. Mm. How sweet. So I kept putting it off and just thinking when it's quieter, when I have more time and you know, when you put your dreams off, you, they just don't happen. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to step aside and say, allow me to create the perfect environment for you to follow your dreams. You either want it bad enough to do it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And I decided I wanted it bad enough to do it. And so I finished my first travesty of a book. It will, my father is the only person who likes that book. And he thinks that Hallmark movies are like five-star entertainment. So that's how it is. <laughs> I love him, but his opinion is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. incredibly inspiring. Yeah, you yeah. just, you almost got me crying. Girl. I know. I was <laughs> like, oh my God. I did not expect that from today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just actually, I found out my mom has cancer. So I was like, I'm sorry, oh. I'm sorry about no, that. It's, it's okay. Yeah. We're, we're very positive. And yeah, absolutely. You should be. There's yeah. like there's such, there's so many things now that they can do. Exactly. I mean, I walked in in a, in a full blown panic mm -hmm. in a lot of denial. And then my doctor was like, we got X, Y, and Z in our tool belt. And it's mm -hmm. going to be okay. Exactly. And I just want to go like run to her right now and say, you have time, you know, yeah, you have, yeah. we're going to get better and you're going to do all the dreams that you've had. All the things. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I, I just, I believe that. For yes. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Getting back to your process as well. Um, we've done some research on you and oh dear. this article, Epic Reads. 
Um, um, do you know the one we're talking about? I'm not sure. What did I say? It, it was the 10 things you you don't know about CJ Redwine. Okay. I don't remember what I said, but what did I say? <laughs> you have a couple of fears, oh, correct? Yes. <laughs> and we're not going to say them because we don't want to okay. trigger. It's fine. You can say them all you want. I have teenage boys and they regularly think it's funny to throw that in my face. So it's okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. When you write your characters, have you ever had a time where you've had a character that shared your own fear? I don't think I've had anybody that shared one of my like super specific fears mm-hmm. because they're really weird and random for the most part, other than bridges, <laughs> because who wants to drive across that? No exactly. No one likes like, bridges. Really, <laughs> yes. But I do put a lot of uh, emotional fears in there that I've dealt okay. with in the past or that I might have now. And anything that a character of mine is afraid of, what I can do is I can go back to a touchstone moment in my own life where I felt that way. And even if it was mm-hmm. over something dumb like goats, is it mm-hmm. the eyes? They're wrong. It's wrong. They're <laughs> so like, weird. The devil is looking at you. It's yes, it's very, it's very, very demonic. So, but like, I, I'll go back and think, okay, well, how, a time I was afraid of drowning, which I, I've almost drowned a couple times when I was a child. And so I was terrified and we had a big accident on black ice over a bridge when I was a child again. So like, it makes sense that I'm scared when I go over bridges, mm-hmm. there's water and bridges. But in my, a fantasy novel, I might have a character that's afraid of magical spells or dragons or something that I've unfortunately not yet encountered but that you know I'm still young enough it might happen <laughs> it yeah. might it dragons might. dragons are coming it might like I'm not even going to say it won't it might and so mm-hmm. I will go back and think well what did I feel like like how is my heart what, was, what is what was going through my mind was I able to latch onto any kind of coherent thought um, did the spit in my mouth dry up was I shaking you know just go back to that and identify with that so that I could put that in but if it's an emotional fear, you know, you have a different response. You kind of close in on yourself or you lash out at somebody. So I would go back and think, well, when I was in college and I was very much afraid of being close to anybody, relying on anyone and trusting anyone, what did that feel like? A character of mine actually in the book, The Traitor Prince, which I have here in case you guys couldn't see it. Oh my gosh. It comes out. So, oh, I love the cover. It's so the pretty. Cover. <laughs> the cover is gorgeous. The purple sand is basically everything, which, oh, I should get that crown and wear it. I, apparently, like that's the thing for me today is I someone needs to crown me for something. You need all the crowns. I need something. <laughs> but this is this is a story of Javon and Sajda. And as I was writing it, partially through, I went, I'm writing my romance with my husband. The romance mm. in here is our romance in college. When I was very broken and damaged and suspicious and kind of a you know, nope, you're not getting close to me. And he was very mm-hmm. patient and saw me for who I really was and really worked to bring me out of my shell. So I definitely do go back and pull on things. I mean, obviously, Sajda is an elf of magical powers who has been a slave in a prison, and I've not experienced that. But I have experienced her emotional journey. Right. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And we can't wait for the Trader Prince. We've been, like, looking at it on Amazon, just, like, counting down the days. (laughs) I hope you love it. I'm, I'm really really excited about it it means a lot to me that book was yeah well so far we've loved uh, oh my god we've loved all of them so yes. far so oh, thank you we're excited thanks so speaking of the traitor prince it seems like the main character is javon were there any challenges in writing from his perspective since all of the other books have been from female perspectives it really wasn't because my Defiant series is 50% from logan and 50% from rachel and i did face a lot of challenges there and had to really learn how to approach characters differently um, so that I could make the voices distinct. But I'm surrounded by boys. I have three teenage boys, <laughs> my husband, like, I, I mean, I'm surrounded. 
And so yeah, you got it down. <laughs> it's a of like plugging into that and thinking, how would they walk into a room? How does a, a man or a boy walk into a room differently than a girl might? And how much, what things might he notice that a girl might not notice? See, part of that is, is not even really gender as much as it's specific to the character themselves. So it's like, what, what does he want? What does he fear? You know, I mean, I've been married now for, I don't even know, I'm doing till my answer is that 20 something years, one of those numbers, like 22, I think. But, <laughs> wow. but you know, there's, there's a different, we have a very different approach to communicating and to romance. And so I will draw on that sometimes, try to make it very distinctive, less stereotypical male for every single male character of mine and more distinctive to them so that you can really tell the difference between how the characters think and, and what they want. Wow. That's awesome. So one thing that we loved in The Shadow Queen and The Wish Granter were the villains. Yay. You have a phenomenal way of writing a villain. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's very true to how I perceive villains. And some authors tend to have different perspectives on how to write a villain. Do they have traits that are um, redeeming redeeming, or do they have things to learn for themselves? And for me, especially with Teague in the wish granter, he had no redeeming qualities. No, we hated him so much. (laughs) He still leaves a chill. He just, yeah. What is a perfect villain in your eyes? Like how do you come up with them? Um, I think all of my villains are the same in one regard, and that is that they are people who keep their word. I think the scariest villain is the one that doesn't stand around giving the long soliloquy about what they will do to you, but says, if you don't do A, I'm going to do B, and then the second you don't do A, boom. Because it Mm -hmm. teaches the characters and the readers, you have to be afraid. This guy means business. And we see one of the first scenes with Teague. We see a terrible thing happen on the docks and a terrible thing that he does. But you can also see from his perspective, he's simply doing what he thinks he has a right to do based on the contracts that were signed. So you know that this is not somebody who has sympathy. This is not somebody Mm -hmm. who is going to be negotiated with. This is someone who keeps his word every single time. So when he makes a, a terrible threat against the princess, then you know. There's no getting out of that mm-hmm. because yeah. he doesn't negotiate. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the scariest part of of Teague, I think, because in the Shadow Queen we had moments of like feeling sorry. Absolutely, she was a sympathetic villain. Yeah, yes. and and with Teague there was just no sympathy at all. He walked into that spice shop and you know did what he did, yeah. and I was like, awful. Really, he's going to do this right now? Like, <laughs> is he really going to carry through with this? And yeah. then he did, and I was shocked. I yeah. was just like, yeah, oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. My heart broke for Ari just because yes. she really loved the yeah. people in there. Yeah. So this may be um, too personal, but maybe not. Um, have you faced any real villains in like your day-to-day life that you would describe as villains? Yes, I have. And it's not too personal. It is personal, but I mean, I've, I've been open about it. I, I speak about it because I write for kids. And mm-hmm. I really, one of the things that I did, especially in the Defiant series, is I wanted to put characters into literature that I didn't see. I, I didn't see myself in literature when I was growing up. I saw people that had everything together. And if they did have things happen to them um, or a bad childhood or something like that, then they were just like fine the second they met a boy or, you know, whatever. It did, I didn't see myself. So, yes, I, I did. I mean, I, my grandfather was a pedophile and a rapist and mm. hurt me for years. That has definitely been one of the defining factors in my life in a really bad way, but also, you know, in a good way because you can't choose all the time what happens to you, but you can choose what you do with it. And so I've done a lot of, lot of work, a lot of therapy, a lot wow. of work, a long road towards healing because uh, healing is really the hardest thing you, that you do. 
broken, getting yeah. broken isn't the hardest thing. It's the road to healing and being right. able to figure out how to open yourself back up again to people and how to be vulnerable. Wow. Girl, you. Girl, I need some wine. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to any other of the episodes that we have, but I work with children. I'm a therapist okay. for children. So again, this is just something that makes me mm-hmm. say like, I want my all my kids to kind of read your work yeah. because they're going to find something in there yeah. that will relate to them. I try if I don't get anything else right in my book. I want the emotional journey to be very authentic and truthful. And when bad things happen to my characters in books, they leave a mark, a mark mm-hmm. that affects them and affects how they can move forward and that they have to contend with that. And I think that's important because I, I think a lot of times when I would read books as I was growing up, it didn't seem like it left a mark. And you know, when things happen, it's a trauma and trauma has to be dealt with and it changes. It's a chemical bath on your brain. It changes the way that you think and the way that you react. So I really wanted to show that. So the Defiant series, which is my first trilogy, it really, it's a, you know, swords and dragons and inventions and kissing and war and all these things, but Mm -hmm. really at the heart, it's a story of a girl who is broken by a terrible trauma. And over the course of three books, she learns how to get back on her feet again and find healing. And it was really Mm -hmm. me putting all of my everything I learned in therapy into mm-hmm. a story. Wow. We're going to have to read those. I've seen the covers of them and the covers have drawn I me into being covers. like, we need to put that on our list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we definitely have to. <laughs> wow. Getting back to this series, the Raven Spire series, we also read somewhere in an article that you have plans for a lot of books. A lot. Like I'm guessing in a number right now, I think I read it was 15 books. Oh no, 10. Oh, 10. Oh, 10. Oh, I'm going to back you up there a little bit. <laughs> I was like, whoa. She's like, five more? <laughs> um, actually, I, I'm hoping to do one per kingdom, except for okay. um, Elder and Ravenspire were together. And then the last book is actually Elder and Valley de la May, which is right beneath it. So mm-hmm. one of the books is going to be set on the sea. Uh, and that, wow. I mean, it depends on if the, the series has to continue to do well enough for Harper to want to buy more from me and, and publish those. But that's that's oh, my plan. Harper better <laughs> I mean, buy all of I them. I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, you tell him. You tell him. <laughs> <laughs> we will go and knock on their door Thank and you. tell them. Thank I you. will write strongly worded letters. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Brad is good at those. <laughs> I love it. Have you ever thought about writing novellas to them or like, even bringing other characters from previous books into, and I know, I know that you mentioned a couple of characters in the Wish Granter from the Shadow Queen, uh, but you, you didn't go into much detail. Do you ever have plans to bring them more together? Yeah. Like an all-star edition? Lands and yes, Lands. I actually, every single book, the structure of every book includes cameos. So we okay. do have cameos in the, uh, the Trader Prince. We have cameos from two characters that were in the Wish Granter that, people were like, oh, hey, these bounty hunters are really interesting. So mm-hmm. they are it back oh. in this book. And then we also have a cameo at the end from two of our characters, um, either a hero or heroine. I don't want to give away which ones. but Of course, of course. <laughs> but I actually, and I continue, I'm continuing to do that, but you had two, two points to your question. The first is novellas. I am actually writing a short story right now that will be for uh, free to those who pre-order the Trader Prince. So... Oh. I'm writing that right now, and it's brand new characters in that one. But the very last book, should I get that far, the very last book, there's a huge battle in the last book, and I intend to bring every character that we've fallen in love with into that. And the heroine of the last book is going to be Cole and Lorelai's daughter (gasps) because she'll be both a Mardushka and a Draconite. 
And it, I don't know if you can tell from the Shadow Queen, but you know how a dark a sorceress has taken over Valet de Lume and that's how the ogres were unleashed. Well, that's Maleficent. Oh my goodness. My heart stopped, I think. I'm getting chills. My heart so it's going to be a gender. I'm hoping, now, should I get that far? I want to do a gender flip Sleeping oh. Beauty with the heroine waking up the front. I can't, I can't even say words right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, that's the plan. Wow. That's the plan. Oh, my God. Oh, Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> We're going to have to fan ourselves <laughs> for a second. I know, it's okay. It's okay. You want grapes? I can go get some grapes. That's so <laughs> exciting, though. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, where's my tea? Uh, I, was right. told I, was, I was told I had tea here. <laughs> anyway, so. Wow. So with 10 books, like, in the waiting, I guess, at this point, I can't do math, seven now. Uh, left to right six left to right the fourth one is done yeah oh, oh my gosh what oh my goodness girl uh <laughs> if you were to write yourself into any fairy tales either your own or one of the classics which one would you choose does it matter what role i play because no. the mm-hmm. old fairy tales i don't think i want to be one of the heroines because they were sort of like faceless and wandered around and got poisoned or kissed all the time and yeah and mm-hmm. they were so weak. Yes. It was before we were aware that women were people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to write a revised version of fairy tales, but I think that I would probably just go with the Shadow Queen just because it was the first one. I fell in love with this world. And I really love, I love all my characters, but I would love to be a Mardushka. Like I would love to have yes. the power to work with living things with their heart and and transform things or use them that way with their permission i think it would be amazing so yeah and also dragons i mean i'm just i'm a dragon girl i love dragons i wouldn't mind like marrying a dragon right yeah be fine yeah, yeah. totally yeah definitely. like if you if you twisted my arm yeah i could do it and i loved the retelling of snow white because snow white is my least favorite fairy tale yes she she just annoys me so mm-hmm. much more than anybody should be annoyed by a fairy tale <laughs> character but i love that you gave me new hope for that mm-hmm. princess mm-hmm. so it just yeah. yeah she was actually my least favorite too yeah hmm. and so it's weird that i started there but i did because i got so annoyed with always seeing her as this sort of faceless virginal workhorse mm-hmm. yeah who was not smart enough to figure out anything in her life like you're in you're up in some sort of cabin first of all you moved in with seven men you didn't know and you started cleaning for them girl Mm. right can we talk about that like (laughs) can we go through the list of things wrong with that let's start there but then some old hag comes to your door with apples in the middle of nowhere in the mountain and you're like you should take a bite of that Mm -hmm. yeah when you know you have someone trying to kill you yeah and then she's in a she's some corpse in a glass box i don't know if they had some way to preserve her or whatever but i wouldn't put that on display exactly. not after a couple days yeah just saying exactly. science is a thing but she's sitting there in the middle of the woods and some prince is like oh i love you corpse uh, i must kiss you exactly it's wrong like there's a lot of things there that are wrong like it's that's wrong. isn't that right. like necrophilia yeah like yeah <laughs> so when when i went after that story i was like oh, okay i'm gonna take all of the hallmarks that we love you know, or or that we've recognized the poisoned apple and the evil stepmother and the, you know, the prince charming and the kiss at the end. But I'm going to make it all different, and I'm going to make it Snow White is the one with agency, and she affects the story, and she is this badass going after her kingdom, save her kingdom, and there's a reason for the kiss at the end, and it makes sense, and all of that stuff. So it was a big challenge too, because I was like, oh gosh, 
what a boring fairy tale. I get so mad at this one. But, um, but I love the way that the Shadow Queen ended up. So. Lorelai was smart. I and that's Lorelei. what I mm-hmm. loved the most. Yeah. So in our Twitter messages, we have actually talked about your disdain for Snow White, specifically right after you saw Snow White oh and the Huntsman. Gosh. Tell us, tell us about that. <laughs> the wound is still fresh. Like, I, I'm a movie girl. I mean, my husband's yeah. a movie critic. And so mm-hmm. we get to go see sneak peeks of things all the time. So I grew up on fairy tales and then transitioned into, you know, books, movies, all of that. So I had this huge soft spot for a fairy tale done well on a big screen. And I really want to see them done well. And so when we had the trailers for Snow White and the Huntsman, I was like, okay, cautiously optimistic here. The visuals look amazing. I love Charlize. It looks good. Case two has me a little bit concerned because I sometimes feel like she doesn't emote very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. So I sit there. Also, Thor is in it. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you so, can't go wrong. I'm going to the movie. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and it's it's progressing. And about 10 or 15 minutes in, I was like, okay, but this it's, it could still be okay. I can see a big pothole, but it's okay. It'll be okay. And halfway through, I was just like, oh, she slid down a sewer and landed next to a unicorn. Come on. What are we doing with our lives? Mm -hmm. And I was really frustrated. So the whole way home, I was telling my husband how frustrated I was. Like Once again, you have this cardboard cutout of a girl moving through a story, not impacting the story, no agency, no voice, potholes. And also we ripped off the fire swamp and Narnia. Mm -hmm. I mean, I said, you know, this story has so much potential. What it could be is this showdown between two female characters of equal power both of whom want control of the kingdom for different reasons and are prepared to sacrifice different things to get what they want that's what it could be and he goes well if you want it done that way so badly why don't you write it yourself and i was like fine i will (laughs) and that is how the challenge challenge accepted (laughs) i mean right i'm like gauntlet thrown okay (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing so really we kind of have your husband to thank for spawning (laughs) shadow queen you do Yes. I don't know if he was tired of listening to 45 Minutes of Rant and he just, I don't know, but he, he challenged me. He's like, you want to see the story done that way? You should do it. That's awesome. I thought that's really, really I should. Cool. Mm. Oh my gosh. Um, before we get into our like really fun questions that we have, okay. of course, we're an audiobook podcast. Yes. I know that you said that you have a love for Christine Vam who did the narration. How is that like hearing your words come to life by someone else? It is very surreal. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. But um, she's so talented and amazing that I really felt like the story was in good hands with her. So I really enjoyed that. I have not, confession, I have not listened to the books all the way through because I just can't. It's my own words and I know it's coming and yeah. I sit there and I'll try to edit in my head and I can't rest. I can't do it. But um, but I love her. She has done such a great job. And the Trader Prince, because it's mostly from Javon's perspective, his book is going to actually be a male narrator. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, That's what I've yeah. seen. Okay. I. That's exciting. We who, love the mashups. Yeah. Do like, can can you tell who's narrating? I could if I had the email in front of me, but I haven't gotcha. seen the email for like two months now, and I've forgotten. Oh, okay. Um, his gotcha. name, and I'd hate to butcher it. So. So. We are huge fangirls as well. And this is something that we learned from the Epic Reads article Mm -hmm. that you are a fan of Supernatural. Yes. I mean, you don't even know. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
we yes. are currently on season four of our first ever watch. So it, we've, we've been watching it together and just like texting each other as things mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. <laughs> season three is the one where we have mystery spot, right? Where Dean, it's a Tuesday and he keeps waking up every day. To yes. That yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I such. mean, Ugh. I laughed so hard. And then it, it, the, it took such a hard left turn at the end. I was like, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> It reminded me so much of there's an X-Files episode called Monday and Mm -hmm. that the same thing happens. And that's like one of the best episodes. So seeing that in Supernatural land. Yeah. Written by Kim Manners. So same person. Just, oh, so good to see. Mm -hmm. And I am a Dean fangirl. Wow. Brad is a Sam. I love me some Sam. The <laughs> mm, moles. I love them both. So <laughs> I, I do lean a little bit more towards Dean. Okay. It's just that bad boy thing, I think. Yeah. I have ne- I've never been one for bad boys. Yeah. Sort of a tormented soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then in real life, he's sitting there opening up breweries with his wife who was on One Tree Hill. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> Oh, there's just, just a lot of like aspects to that. <laughs> Definitely, yes. They are awesome people. When did you become a fan? Did you watch from the beginning? Or? I didn't. No, I kept seeing it on my friends' timelines. They would be talking about Supernatural. And I had basically given up watching television for a few years right before I got published and right as I was getting published because I had something had to go in order for me to be able to write books and, you know, chase my dreams. And that was the thing that I cut. So I thought, okay, at some point I'm going to do this. And we got Netflix and it was on Netflix and I had finished up something, I think the beginning of December and I didn't have any deadlines for three weeks. So I thought, well, I'll just watch an episode a day. (laughs) (laughs) This was back in probably like five years ago. And we still had those data limits on your home internet at the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And two weeks in to binging, like I was going through a season and a half in three days. Like I was just like, and play and play and I don't need sleep and play. (laughs) And my husband comes in, he goes, what is going on with our data? We've we've blown through almost the whole thing. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure, honey. (laughs) We must have gremlins. Could you be quiet? Because I'm almost done. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I just like from the very first episode, I was so hooked and I've been hooked ever since. Even, you know, the, the writing has gone a little wonky on a couple seasons and then come back really strong. And I was, I hung in there for the wonky seasons because it's the relationship between the boys that you just come back for. Are you going to watch the spinoff? I don't know. I, I've not had good luck in liking spinoffs because I usually like the chemistry that was original. Yeah. Um, but I will give anything a shot and let it see if it can lure me in or not. Final question is a, I'm ready a little it. game. Um, okay. It's Kill, Mary Screw. Yes. Dean, Sam, or Castiel? Like a knife in my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want to kill anybody. Notice I said nothing about the other two options. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, I'm a Dean girl, but Dean is not marriage material. Sam is mm. marriage material. So yes. you, you marry Sam, you keep Dean as your side piece, and mm-hmm. then um, I'm sorry. Then you kill Castiel, but only because you know he's not going to say that. Exactly. Like he's yeah, not going exactly. to say that. Exactly. So he's going to come back. I can have my, my cake and eat it too that way. That's what yes. I mean. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. We had a blast. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And we hope that your Martin Luther King Jr. weekend is 
wonderful and you're probably going to be writing. Thank you. I am. I am. <laughs> and we can't wait for the Trader Prince. Like yes. we are so excited oh, for that. You. I hope you love it. This is mostly, mostly Javon. And then you have Saja, just like you had with the others where it was mostly Ari and you have some Sebastian. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. just excited to have two narrators. Yes. In That's going to be exciting. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Okay. It sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Amazing. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> breathe. I still have chills. I still have chills. Oh my God. Chills all over my body. Ooh. Oh, and it's not just because it's cold in the basement today. Exactly. Uh, but it's because we talked about Dean. We talked about Sam. We talked about books. About talk- everything. She has 10 books in this series yes. that she's going to put. Oh my God. I can't even. Oh my gosh. I love it when you get attached to a series and then it just kind of goes on for years and years to come exactly just gives you plenty of material to be reading and if harper does not pick up these books i am going to be livid we will fight you i will fight you what don't think we're lying because we're not we're from baltimore kind of kind of we're like 30 minutes away from Baltimore. exactly you know we we get the water that just means we're gonna plan better yeah because we have 30 minutes to plan. Yeah, Harper. But anyway. Anyway. Oh my God. I just, I want her in my life forever. It felt like she was here talking to us. Exactly. We were so nervous. You should we have were. seen us before we started oh. the interview. We were a nervous wreck. Yeah. Talking about. Just anything. Peeing. <laughs> Our pants. It was, it was kind of bad. Oh, it was bad. But. We pulled it out and. We hope that you all enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed talking to her. Exactly. And if you want to hear more from us and with other authors and other narrators, you can subscribe to us on Google Play Music, Stitcher, and iTunes Podcasts. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Audio Shelf and follow us on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me. Hello. That sounds like a deal. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me. Wow, that's exciting. Also, since there also. are yes, there are two books in this in the series so far. So please go on our website, click on the Audible affiliate link, and download a thirty day free trial. And you can get two free books. You can get the Shadow Queen and the Wish Granter for for free. For free. For free. For free. How many times we got to say it? Mm. do it do it you won't regret it do it now lick it good i'm just gonna stop we're too excited right now so (laughs) we're gonna go and deal with our feelings i might eat bye Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening.